Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. It's almost 9.09, and it is Friday. Friday feels so good, don't you? I mean, it's just another day that you work, right? But the, the anticipation of having a weekend is just... Ah, it feels so good. I'm uh, I'm here. I'm Andy. Thanks for tuning in. Allie's going to be here. Hi, Allie. She's Hi. Producing the show. She's a call screening, and uh, so if you call in, the first voice you hear will be the pleasant intonations <laughs> of one Allison Hamlin. It will be me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for doing that today. Yeah. Uh, it, I went almost a year and a half without a call screener, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we still have to occasionally because of the COVID rules and people being in your call screening studio. Yeah. Off times, but. Still, uh, it's good to have you here, and it's good to have you along. And uh, yeah, especially on an open line Friday. So, yeah. uh, folks, if you want to call in and talk to Alice, you don't even have to talk to me if you don't want. <laughs> you can just call and say, "Hey, yeah. Alice, what's, what's up?" And yeah, call me and say hi. Maybe I you can. It. Maybe you can attempt a bribe for the cookie contest tomorrow. Ooh. Maybe they can bribe you with donuts or something. <laughs> How do you bribe a cookie judge? I mean, what do you bribe them yeah. with? Money. It's, money isn't going to do it. Cookies right? are the bribe. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I know, what are you going to do? Yeah, like, uh, I'll give you more cookies <laughs> if you make mine win. I, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So, all right, Allie, well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on things. I'll, all right. put, I'll grab my phone and have it ready to, to go for you okay. to let me know what is up, okay? We're, I'm ready. Very good. Uh, today, of course, a sad day around the country as yet another mass shooting. Eight people were killed uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, the shooter showed up at a FedEx uh, package uh, sorting facility, killed somebody in the parking lot, and then went in and killed seven other people, injured many others before finally turning the gun on himself. Um, awful situation, and uh, the third mass shooting in a week here in the United States. And, you know, I have uh, friends, even family members, who are were, who were coming to me, and they're saying, Will you finally at least admit that we have a gun problem and we need to fix it and things need to change? And uh, I, you know, that, that thinking to me is so uh, short-sighted, so narrow. And I'm just like, what would you propose that we ban all guns for legal people, for people who have them legally? Is, Is that what you want? Do you want to ban certain kinds of guns? Because guess what? These mass shootings, people use handguns, they use rifles, they use ARs. They've even used shotguns on occasion. Uh, so which kind of gun are you going to, you can't ban them all. Are you going to ban some of them? Are you going to ban the way we, uh, get guns, um, or, or maybe highly restrict the way we get guns. And I actually contemplated after getting here this morning, having uh, our gun expert on Brett Pruitt from over at firearms university, Rowdy's range, having him on the show. Um, but he's scheduled to be on next week and, Quite frankly, I I wanted your opinion. I wanted I wanted to get my opinion out there, and I wanted your opinion about gun control because what's going to happen, and it's happened three times now in the last week, sadly, uh, is um, everybody's going to agree this was a horrible thing, and of course it was a horrible thing, and uh, everybody's going to talk about well these horrible things need to be avoided, and that's true as well, and then they're going to start going into their narrative of well if you know if this guy if we had seen that he wasn't that he was mentally ill we wouldn't have given him a gun uh and i don't we don't know anything yet about the shooter by the way in this incident but um there there's going to be the narrative of, well we need to start being more restrictive on guns we need to not let people 
who are mentally ill have guns. We need to do away with, what is it, the latest bump stocks and braces uh, for Joe Biden. Uh, you know, I, I mean, there, there's, you know, the narrative is that they're all going to have an opinion on how we need to restrict guns in this country. And the problem is, and I, I tell this to my relatives and my friends who, who are saying we need to, to restrict guns, is this. How do you think stopping legal citizens who 99.999% of us are mentally fairly healthy, I'm not going to say I'm sane, but I'm mostly sane, uh, how, how is limiting our ability to get a gun or to get a kind of gun we want or to get the kind of brace we use to hold our gun, how is that going to stop a bad guy from shooting places? I, I don't understand the connect there. If you take away my ability to have the gun that I want or maybe even have a gun at all, how in the world is that going to stop this psycho in Indianapolis from shooting people or, you know, the psycho of, uh, of Persian descent um, shooting up last week? Or the crazy people in in Wyoming, or, or Sandy Hooker. I mean, there's. I mean, you go down the list. There's there's many examples, and not one of them can I see. Well, if law-abiding citizens hadn't had guns, this never would have had it happened. I'm like, what? These weren't law-abiding citizens. Most cases, they were people with criminal records. Most cases, they were people with mental issues, and and it's like, well. So you're taking away my ability to get a gun. It's going to stop this. And I would argue that it's actually quite the opposite. If more of our citizens, imagine, and I don't know, okay, but imagine if this guy, uh, the first person he encountered, had shot and killed in the parking lot in Indianapolis at the FedEx plant. Imagine if that person had been carrying. Now, I don't know if he stopped and shot him multiple times. I don't know if he got lucky and killed him on the first shot. I I don't know what happened. I'm just speculating here, but imagine if that person was carrying a gun and saw a person with a rifle. Yeah, he did it with a rifle. Saw a person with a rifle walking toward the building. I don't know about you, but I would have drawn down. I would have pulled my gun out. I would have, I would have taken cover, pulled my gun out, and exchange, if he, I would have exchanged fire. I would have stopped. He never would have gotten to the building unless I was dead because I would have had a gun. Maybe that's not the answer, and we don't want to turn America into the Wild West, but seems like to me, had there been you know, out, somebody outside the building, a security guard by the building, uh, someone inside the building with a gun, this maybe would not have happened. At least not been as bad. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, I believe, is it Richard? Are you there, Richard? Morning, Andy. Hey, morning. How are you today? Great. Happy Friday. Happy, a wonderful one. Yeah, a beautiful day. Yep. Okay, a couple things. Mm-hmm. First, with the gun thing, it'd be interesting if this was a no-gun zone because a lot of companies require that, and that means you can't even have one in your automobile on their parking lot. Mm. And that just irks the hell out of me because are they going to do they supply armed security? That's you right. know what is the deal? If you're going to take away my gun, you better protect me somehow. Well, that's what I feel about these movie theaters and these school zones and stuff, you know. <laughs> it's that little sign they put up is going to really help you. Yeah. But yeah, it's sad, you know. These people can't defend themselves, and a lot of times it's required to work there. You know, you can't c- carry a gun. So 
there should be some lawsuits. I don't know if that changes anything, but yeah. and also in this day and age, I know we have sensors that can tell a gunshot and why these places don't have automatic shutdown or alarms go off, you know, because hell, we had one in that parking lot in that grocery store and that one, you know, and give people a heads up there's something going on, you know. It's just instead of being fodder for some crazy person. Yeah, yeah. And then also this COVID-19 shots that they're banning or look, taking a look at, and then you kind of said yeah. the CDC is going to take a week off before they even have a meeting about it. You know, they've been telling us for a year, you know, this COVID is the worst thing in the world. You know, now they come up with one of these vaccines that has, yeah, there's potential somebody could die. But one in a million, those are pretty decent odds. Yeah, yeah, one in seven million. COVID, yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know. It's it's all political. It doesn't, you know, follow the science, and then the science doesn't agree with them, so they change the science. Yeah, yeah. The science isn't changing. Time. They're changing it. You're right. <laughs> When your guest called it political science, and that's about what it is, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're but, yeah, I hope we have more conversation on this gun thing, you know, because it's crazy, you know, and I just sad for these people, you know, who can't defend themselves. And yeah. I don't go anywhere. If I'm not welcome carrying a concealed weapon, I don't go there. So yeah. that's call. pretty much my philosophy. Sounds like a pretty good philosophy, Richard. Thank you for calling today. Good to talk you to you. Bet. Uh, you know, I know one person who has was at a mass shooting, and, and he's been on the show a couple of different times, so you guys know him. He's a DJ Tishner, uh, and and it was a unique one in that he was at that uh, Route 66 or whatever, Route 40, I don't know what it was, some some kind of country, big big country festival in, in Las Vegas. And this was unique in that the shooter wasn't in amongst the people. He was a he was a couple hundred yards away in, in, up high in a hotel room. Uh, and, and yet DJ has said over and over and over again, I'm not going anywhere without my gun because yeah, it's not likely to ever happen again, but I don't want to be caught unprepared again. He didn't have his gun that day. He said, I don't want to be caught unprepared if this happens again. Uh, and I don't know what else you need. It, whatever side of the aisle you're on when it comes to gun control, talk to someone that's been there, been at a shooting, ask them if they wish they had a gun. I guarantee most of them are like, yeah, dang right. I don't want a gun. The bad guy had a gun. I didn't. That's not very fair odds. That's what's the old saying. Don't take a knife to a gunfight. Right. So, uh, you know, to, to me, it's it, it's a pretty good testimonial from someone who's been there that said, yeah, I wish I, I, I'm going to carry my gun all the time. And like Richard said a minute ago, if the place doesn't allow me to doesn't allow me to have guns, I'm not going to go there unless they offer some really good protection. Otherwise, it doesn't seem very fair. Uh, so, again, don't know. It's a breaking story. It happened just a few hours ago uh, in that. You know, in that we had a, a mass shooting in Indianapolis. And if you're just waking up and just hearing this, eight people were killed at a FedEx package processing plant in Indianapolis last night, just around midnight. And, um, you know, 
it's sad, and, and I, I don't want to make uh, light of the topic. I don't want to use this as my own platform. I just want to preemptively strike against what's going to happen in the next few days with the president, the current president of the United States. And, you know, it's, it's going to be, we need better control. We need to stop people from getting guns. And, it, and they're going to go, and, and more things are going to be banned, and rules are going to be tighter, and waiting times are going to be longer. And they're, they're going to keep hammering away at it. They're going to take a little. And when they take a little, they're going to, you know, next time they'll take a little more and a little more and a little more. And before you know it, we're not allowed to have guns at all. Uh, so uh, I'm just telling you what's going to happen. They're going to use this tragedy as a platform to get their political uh, points across. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Line two, Seth, what's going on? Well, of course, I'm a huge defender of the Second Amendment, and I do believe it's going to be very difficult to remove the Second Amendment uh, where three-quarters of the state have to uh, uh, be associated and vote for that measure. So I think the probability of it being changed is slim and none, because states like Utah and Texas and Lots of other states uh, are, and our governor, I heard our governor the other night talk about this, and uh, he indicated that uh, uh, his goal and his sacred oath that he took was to defend the Constitution. Huh. That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, I, yes, I was sort of surprised. It was, uh, uh, he had a town forum or something for rural Utah, and he was on uh um, at length, uh, I don't know how much I was listening on the radio. If I might change the subject real quickly, sure. Um, what's up? I, I I was interested. Uh, my I went to have some hearing aids uh, uh, fitted and like, and I got a telephone call that my doctor of twenty years or so uh, was sick, and I said, "Well, what's he sick of?" And he's and the uh, mm-hmm. nurse said, "Well, he's." Uh, having a reaction to the second um, inoculation of the uh, vaccine. And I said, what kind of sickness are we talking about? And uh, she told me that two or even three days a week, he and his nurse that uh, received the vaccine on the same day have intense muscle weakness and pain that they can't get out of bed. Wow. That's And here's two people who, of course, were forced, I believe, to take the inoculations who have now been, at this point, damaged to the point where they can't work. Yeah, I hope I hope that goes away. I hope it's not long term. Do, 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 do they have any prognostication on, on how, how long it's going to last? Do they know? Well, I didn't get a chance to see him because he couldn't get out of bed. But, so they put a substitute in to, to do the fitting. And it took it took months and months to go through the procedure to be fitted and to be checked out and to order them and for them to come in and then for them to delay it again another few weeks and uh, I was concerned that the other people in the organization, if they were injected at the same time, would have the similar kinds of of response and so. Uh, we're not really hearing. I think you can go online about England and the vaccines they've had there. People who died, people who were blind, people who were deaf, people that had auto 
autoimmune or muscle responses and blood clots. Uh, we're not being, um, the media is not being honest with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, I, you know, um, one thing on top of another, I, I'm at the point where I'm going to shut off uh, news because I can't trust that it's going to be uh, um, accurate and that they're not going to slant the information and and intense pressure. I heard him on Fox say the easy vaccine people who take the vaccine are at at limit at this point, and they're hitting the wall. And that white uh, Republicans are uh, resistant, and that to encourage them, we're going to use the stick, the carrot, and the stick, and the. Uh, uh, the carrot is $1,500 to take the vaccine. Hmm. Money. And that was reported by one of the guests on Fox. And so, and then what do you do next? Uh, no passport, can't go into a bank, right. can't go into a That's government right. facility. What, what is the next step? Uh, and let me tell you a story about that. And, and again, I, I actually am pro-vaccine, so, uh, but but I want to, I in, in a little bit of a way, agree with you. I had... Uh, a friend whose son went on a mission uh, was supposed to go to a foreign country, but they are anti-vaxxers and um, they would not let this son go to the country that he'd been called to until he got his vaccine. Now he wanted to go so badly that he agreed to go ahead and do it, but his parents were, were very, very against it. Uh, so as at, you know, the church also said, look, if you're going to another country, you've got to have these vaccines. This, this was pre COVID. This was just your regular vaccines, but uh, mm-hmm. interesting little side anecdote there. Seth. Well, I have family members that want to travel abroad along with the vaccine and all of the other stuff that goes with it and the quarantines and the like, uh, maybe 28 days. And, and, and I understand in Canada they force you into a like concentration camp hotel where there's no locks on the doors and, and women are being assaulted. You pay at your own expense for this uh, time in that. And if you try to escape or avoid it, there's a million-dollar fine for our, our friends in Canada. Well, if you remember in Hawaii, they were actually fining landlords who were not who were letting people out of their uh, their their short-term rentals who had not been uh, had not passed the uh, the test yet. So, yeah, it turned into a little bit of a communist state, I think. Well, it, 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 if something isn't done, if the good people of this country don't stand up, they're going to proceed with all of these liberal agendas. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah, we've got to stand up. Why don't we pack the Supreme Court, too? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. All right, thank you, Seth. Thanks for calling today. Great to talk to you. you. Bye-bye. Again, the 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 gun agenda, you know, as we get back to that, is, is something I, I just know we're going to hear it, and it's going to be ad nauseum in the next three, four days, two weeks, depending on how long they decide to pursue it. They are going to hammer it and hammer it and hammer it. We've got to get rid of guns. We've got to we've got to keep it so it's really hard to get guns. We and they're going to start attacking the you know the gun accessories, the braces and the the bump stocks and the the sights and the and the you know it's it's all going to you know the, the kind of trigger you can use, the kind of ammo that's available. They're, they've already put a, the kibosh on that. So what I'm saying is is. I'm not trying to be insensitive about what happened in Indianapolis. It's horrible. And we're going to find out more about who the guy was and why he did that. 
It's like it almost sounds like the old-fashioned disgruntled employee situation at FedEx. But uh, again, we're going to find all that out. Uh, but I wanted to preemptively strike and say, look, uh, they're going to they're going to try to take away guns again. They are going to do it. Uh, all right, let's go to the phone lines. Greg is on line one. Hey, Greg, what's up? Not much. Hey, so quick question: How do you think that the extremist? Uh, Islamic extremists get people to volunteer to become suicide bombers. Uh, they promise them they're going to go to heaven, right? Isn't that their deal? Well, yeah. I mean, they, they offer them deals. And, yes, you're right. That's, that's one of the things. So do you think it's possible that groups could get convinced, really, these mass shooters to do the same type of thing by offering deals? Are you saying like an anti-gun lobbyist or an anti-gun person say, hey, go shoot up a place so we can get our gun lobby out there? Is that kind of what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Hmm. Fast. Offer it, them, you know, because we're, we're seeing that there's not a whole lot of uh, consequence to actions that are being done unless you're, you know, a specific side or whatever. But so they offer them, you know, we will make sure you get very limited time. We'll probably throw some. I'm sure they throw some money at them or whatever, and at, at least that's what they offer. Who knows take, if they actually follow through with yeah, it. But. We'll take care of your family. It was once said there's none more dangerous than he who has nothing to lose. Maybe these guys are at the end of their rope, figuratively speaking, and if they can get their family taken care of or maybe their kids or whatever, they, yeah, I, I could see that. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it happened. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I, I could see where that, that's a possibility for sure. Yeah. All right. Good, I, good take. That's how I see it. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. Fascinating stuff. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily buy that, but I could, I could see that and maybe I'm naive. I, have we really gotten to that point? I hope not. Uh, all right, uh, I got to get a weather break in here. Thank you for tuning in so far. Uh, we've been talking guns, and of course, with the big shooting in Indianapolis last night, the uh, murder of eight innocent people, uh, that's foremost on our minds. I do, though, when we come back, I want to spend a little bit of time on um, the word woke. W O K E. It is. It's come to mean something very interesting in our society right now. Uh, and another word that might go right along with woke. I thought this was fascinating. The word enlightened. Ooh, yeah. Marxism, communism, socialism. Yeah. Woke is the new enlightened. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I found a great article on, online by Donald Jeffries, if you want to follow along, about being woke, about being racist. Well, we're born that way. We can't help it. That's what, that's what they say. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. It's 9.36. This is News Radio 890, 94.9 KDXU. I'm Andy. Um, hope, hopefully you and I can have a conversation today and talk about stuff. Uh, we've been talking about gun control and uh, inevitably what's going to happen after the tragedy in Indianapolis last night. If you hadn't heard, eight people were murdered and then the gunman killed himself at a FedEx uh, package processing plant in Indianapolis. Uh, and again, we've just been talking about uh, gun control and, and what's going to happen and what we're going to hear from our quote-unquote leaders in the next few days uh, as they talk about more reasons to take our guns away. Um, 
I want to get off of that for a minute, but if if you have thoughts on that, I still want to talk about about that. Certainly, call me at six seven three five eight nine zero. That's a four three five area code. You can text me four three five four six seven five eight four two. You can message me on Facebook. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash Andy Griffin. Uh, I'm not hiding anything. Yeah, go ahead and give me give me a. a, a PM or a, a message, or you can go to uh, facebook.com slash 890kdxu, and you can email me. A lot of ways to get a hold of me. Email is agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Now, listeners of this show know that I hate being called a racist because I don't feel like I am a racist. I hate it the assumption already, well, you're white, you're male, you're racist, you're sexist, you're a pig. <laughs> that's that's seriously i've had people say that i feel that way i just you know and, and it really bothers me uh to the point that that i just kind of feel like how can you possibly judge me by the color of my skin oh wait that's racism they're judging the, do you get it what's happened here they've turned it around by calling me a racist they're being racist against me, and I'm not, I'm not the type of person. You probably aren't either. That's you know, well, I'd start crying and, and, and get a lawsuit and, and call racism on them. But it, it's absolutely ironic that that's what they're claiming, and in fact, that's what makes them uh, what they are. And uh, I found this wonderful article online. Uh, now, this guy's name is Donald Jeffries. He writes his own blog, but it was such a good story, a uh, good article that LouRockwell.com picked it up. And uh, he talks about, well, what's happening in this country. He says, America is on the way to instituting a new form of apartheid. Remember apartheid from Africa, South Africa? Basically saying that we need to have a separation of white and black and and the blacks can go here and the whites can go here and we really shouldn't mix it and and stuff like that. That was a big thing. And I I remember years ago... uh, when I was a missionary, uh, and if you're, if you're not familiar with how they do missions, you go on a mission and you're assigned one other person to be with you for a month or two or three at a time. They call them your companions, for lack of a better word. And uh, this person you were with 24-7. The idea is you can help each other spiritually as you're doing your missionary, missionary work, but also to kind of keep an eye on each other and make sure you don't do anything wrong. Uh, and toward the end of my mission, I was assigned a guy, his name was Elder Cole, and I'm pretty sure he's not listening, so I'm not worried about giving his name, and I actually don't even remember his first name, to be quite honest, Uh, but he was from South Africa. He was a white kid from South Africa, and um, at the time, you know, 20 years old, I knew nothing of apartheid. Uh, I mean, I'd heard the name. It was big in the news in the mid-'80s, but I really didn't know anything about it, and I remember one time I'm like, hey, asking him, I'm like, hey, what, Cole, what's it like to be from South Africa? It's such a, you know, for, I, I'm from Utah, you know, or Texas. And, and uh, he said, well, here's the thing. And he launches into this, it must have been 15, 20 minute diatribe about how the rest of the world doesn't understand why apartheid is necessary. Uh, and, and I was just, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like, uh, uh, you, you know, you take a little nibble of someone's casserole and they give you the whole thing. And, and that's kind of where I was at. I was like, dude, I, I don't even know what apartheid means. I don't, I certainly didn't care about, you know, whether or not they were doing anything like that in South Africa. It didn't matter to me. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, to make a long story short, and again, it's already probably too late for that. Uh, 
Donald Jeffries is talking about apartheid in America. And he said, you know what? It's not based like it was in South Africa on skin color. It's based on your paycheck. So what's happening is they, the elite in America with the money are, are getting us to hate each other based on how much money we have. And so well, wait, wait, wait a minute. That, I, I don't understand that. But he, he makes a good point. It isn't convenient uh, for a historical reference uh, for a prominent black like Virginia Assistant Governor Justin Fairfax to invoke because he was accused by two credible women of sexual assault. Nobody's racist against anyone with wealth or power. You know, you can get away with that stuff if you have money, if you're a big shot, if you're a vice governor, or if you're a congressman. Uh, lots of, and this is again Donald Jeffries, lots of average white people may justifiably despise him, but they can't be racist. If you, if you hate him, you must be racist. They don't have the power he does because he's the one with the money. He's the one with the power. USA Today recently ran one of the most ridiculous stories that, again, this is Donald Jeffries, that he's ever seen. He said they it concluded that white supremacy was responsible for all interracial crime. White supremacy, right, white supremacy apparently compels blacks to commit 90% of all interracial crime in America. They do it because we are because we are racist. Uh, us white people, we're all racist. That includes almost all crimes against Asians, which have recently been the subject of much attention, of course, and nonsensibly attributed to white supremacy. So all the crime, white on black, black on white, is because of white supremacy. Oh, and yeah, well, now that the Asians are being picked on, that's white supremacy as well. Uh, Donald Jeffries asks, what exactly is white supremacy? Um, he says, you could make the argument that white supremacy predominated as recently as the 50s in America, but now? Yes, most of our leaders are still white, but doesn't that stand to reason since most of the population is also white? And those white leaders are not exactly renowned for any supremacist beliefs. On the contrary, the woke ones hate white people more than most radical members of the Nation of Islam. And the conservative ones do nothing but apologize and backpedal. Yeah, Mitt. Yeah, Mitt. And brag about the African-Americans supposedly flocking to the Republican Party. Now, recently, and he comments on this, but recently the Major League Baseball All-Star game was moved out of Georgia. They moved it to Colorado. Okay. The reason, uh, well, Georgia had just enacted some uh, voting laws where you would have to have a photo ID to vote in that state. And, uh, oh, yeah, they're not allowed to uh, let people bring voters a bottle of water. <laughs> it's, that's, that's, the re- that's why Major League Baseball took a stand and said, we're taking it out of Atlanta. We're, we can't have the all-star game there. They're racist. Yeah, they're racist because they require a photo ID to vote. Now, let me ask you this. What is racist about requiring, requiring a photo ID to vote? Can, can you think of anything? Why would a person of color, black, Mexican, Asian, whatever, why would them having to have a photo ID, why would that be racist? I, I don't, I can't comprehend how they made that quantum leap that makes that racist. I, I don't get it. Do you remember the movie The Blind Side? Do you remember that movie? It was it was about a, a black kid, large black kid who was good at football, 
was somewhat orphaned and a rich white family that happened to be a booster of a certain college, a university, rescued this, white, this large black kid and adopted him basically into their home and brought him out into the suburbs and got it so that he was a star in his high school and then college football teams and eventually became a professional football player. This is a fantasy for the woke people. They want to rescue these, uh, I don't know, less fortunate. They want to rescue them from their own lives. They are so woke that they can see there's a problem and, and, you know, I have to go into these hoods and I have to get these kids out of there. I have to save them. That's their attitude. And that is a fantasy. And that's why the movie was so successful. And I sat there and watched the movie and I'm like, well, couldn't he have succeeded without the rich white lady? Uh, a lot of kids do. I mean, you look at, you look at the National Football League. It's full of uh, African-Americans and white kids who didn't have any money. And their dream was to go to the NFL for fame and for fortune. And they didn't have a white sponsor, any of them. Well, not any of them, but most of them didn't have a white sponsor. Uh, Coca-Cola recently said we need to be more black. <laughs> yeah, that was a real memo. Coca-Cola said, we, we, we were too white. We need to be more black. Now, I've never been called racist by a black person. I've never had a black person uh, come up to me and say, man, you're racist. Have you? And I've known plenty of black people in my life. I've covered athletics my whole life, and athletics is dominated by and large by, by uh, the African-American. And, and yet I've never had any one of those go, you're kind of racist, dude. Not even one time. No, not once. Um, Donald Jeffries in this article again, he says, I hate writing about blacks and racism so much, but he says, I, I, I feel like I don't have any choice at this time. He said, the reality is identity politics consists of making certain people victims who are often powerful and more accurately victimizers and making them powerless people, making powerless people racist who somehow are keeping down people who appear to be above them on the economic ladder. Have you ever done anything in your life, and this is me talking, not Donald, have you ever done anything in your life that has kept down someone, kept them from being successful, white, black, brown, red, yellow, purple, whatever, have you ever done anything in your life that has purposely stopped someone else from succeeding? Your whole goal, not to, do, to get ahead yourself, your whole goal was to stop someone else from succeeding. That's what you wanted to do. I got to stop them. They're terrible because they're blank. No, me neither. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And yet we are inherently racist because we were born white. Now they're sticking the transgender thing in our face. It, there was a poll today. I should call it up, but I'm just going to quote it because, because I read it. There was a poll today out there done by one of the news organizations that said, most Americans are against any laws against transgenders, including letting transgender males compete. Well, I should say it the right way. They were males before they went transgender, compete in women's sports. It said, most Americans are against those laws. And I'm sitting there going, well, every American I know is against guys running in girls' races. So how, who, who took this poll? Who did they call? What did they call 18 transgender people? Okay, uh, we want you guys to uh, vote on this, and we're not going to tell anybody how many people we polled or where they came from or what list we used. 
We're just going to tell America that this poll says that most Americans are against transgenders competing in women's sports. I, I call BS. I call BS on this poll. And we've talked about it many times in this show that the polls can be manipulated uh, just in the way you ask the question. But what list you use to call? I mean, if you call a suburb, if you call the inner city, if you call the, the hood, as they say, you're going to get a different answer on just about everything. If you ask a question, if you lead someone into an answer, I mean, that's basic college statistics right there. The way you ask the question almost assuredly gives you an answer. That's what they're doing. Aye, aye, aye. All right, uh, boy, I wanted to conclude. Let's see if I can find that last uh, paragraph. Here we go. This is Donald Jeffries again. I'll conclude this topic, and then we'll move on. Uh, the woke inmates have taken over the American asylum. Those of us who insist on pointing out that none of these demented emperors are wearing any clothes will become increasingly ostracized. That's me and you. Banned and fact-checked on social media. Shunned by the establishment press, court historians, and tenured academics. Got a few of those here in town, don't we? Pressured into obedience by friends and family. Relegated to watching They Live again, or appropriate Twilight Zone episodes for comfort. Shouting, don't get on the ship, or Soylent Green is people. Our warnings, they've gone unheeded, and the evil is winning. Take a time out. Our show today brought to you in part by Joe Shoney. He's a loan consultant who cares. Yeah, Joe Shoney, his specialty is customer service. Call him today at 435-590-6300. See why he has over 500 reviews and an average score of 4.96 out of 5 stars. Phenomenal numbers for Joe Shoney. Uh, again, he's a dedicated loan consultant with solid experience in home loan origination. Joe and his team are ready to meet the needs of you and uh, kind of help you all along the way. Uh, give Joe Shoney a call today at 435-590-6300. Welcome back to the program. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. A little theme music going there. Yeah. 9.52. If you want to call, we're running out of time now. We're down to the last seven or eight minutes. 673-5890 is the phone number. Let's go right to the phone line. Hey, you didn't want to give your name today, huh? Hello. Is this me? Yeah, that's you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so you've talked about many different things, the shooting, vaccinations, Seth, um, you know, talking about the vaccine. Um, I'm a 91P10, and there's lots of people with MLSs around here. And um, so I've been vaccinated for stuff that you've never, black plague, stuff you've never even heard of. Yeah. And, and I was forced to be vaccinated for botulism and anthrax, and I refused. And this major of the special forces said, came over and said, what's wrong, Gerber? And I said, I'm not going to have those shots. And he said, either take those shots or I'm going to come across that table and I'm going to kill you. And there was no doubt in my mind, because there were all these people behind me, that didn't want to take the shots either. So, in fact, things are... You know, it's a personal choice. You have to make your own personal choice about whether you want to take it or whether you don't want to take it. Do you think he would have? Do you think he really would have come across that table and gone after you? Absolutely. Wow. These hey, these snake eaters. These guys, uh, lots of them, just like to kill people. And there's a there's you know, they they we need them, okay? But no, this guy. There was 100 people behind me, 
if I did not take them, if I had refused, um, there was more than me that didn't want to take those shots. For botulism and anthrax, totally untested. And that was the first Gulf War. Wow. I went in the Army in 66, okay? Uh-huh. And they turned me into a 91 P-10. Okay? So I've seen these people before. I've seen them in, during Vietnam, and I saw them through the first Gulf War. These Marxists who have not stolen an election, they have stolen our country, period. You live in a communist country now, yeah. and you better wake up to the fact that things are going to change. Um, Hitler, Nazi Germany, the first thing he did was disarm the people, and then he was able to exterminate six million Jews and gypsies and other communists, other people he didn't like. Yeah, that's what happened. You're right. And 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 he, and he took the guns away, and, he, and then they couldn't defend themselves, and look what happened. All right, hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Bye. Great to talk to you. Uh, 9.55 here on KDXU. We had some good callers today. Again, we've got about uh, three or four minutes left in the program. If you want to weigh in, at 673-5890 is the phone number. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in it. And, and by the way, last last show, uh, Dr. Doug was on. We had that little focus on business show. And uh, we talked about the fact that Talk is talk, and talk is good. Hey, I, I make a living. I talk. That's what I do, uh, and, and I'm never going to say, well, talk is, is not good, but I will say sometimes talk is not good enough, and uh, I'm not, I don't want to get a whole, into a whole thing today because we're short on time on the Dixie name, but I will say this. Did you go to the parade? If not, did you see the pictures online? There were literally hundreds of people who they didn't talk about wanting the name, you know, the Dixie name to remain. They did something about it. They showed up at the parade. They made noise. They wore shirts. They put together a float. They, they commiserated one with another. They, if you're a public leader, you know, if you're Biff Williams or, or, or even Dave Clark or at, at one, at, at some point, you've got to get off your high horse. You've got to say, I know what's best for Dixie. You've got to stop that. And you've got to look. And hundreds of people showing up with the red shirt saying, you can't take away our name. They've got to notice that, right? They've got to go, uh, well, maybe we made a mistake here. And, you know, they, they had the Republican convention. And the Republican convention, they, they, uh, they uh, what's the word, uh, they endorsed, I don't know that that's the right word, uh, that, that, that the name not changed. They said, they, they put up forth a resolution that said, we need to keep the name Dixie. And Dave Clark was there. Dave tried to object, and Dave Clark was dismissed. And I just, I really feel like these people, and I like Dave Clark. I think he's a great guy. And I, from what I know of Biff Williams, seems like a pretty good guy. Uh, Jason Booth, all those guys over at the university. But when, when they're saying, I know what's best for this university, and you don't, and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, probably thousands of people, 75% majority, at least here in St. George and the surrounding area, who think that dropping Dixie is a bad idea, who are angry that their heritage is being thrown away. When, when all those people step up and do something, they call, they get, you know, they march in a parade, they buy shirts, they, they 
write emails. They, they start websites. When all that happens, that, to me, that gives me hope for America. And right now, I think America's kind of broken some of it. I think our president is uh, at times a joke. He doesn't even know where he is half the time. And when, when he, he, he does know where he is, he's, he's being told what to do by people like Kamala Harris. I, you know, that's frustrating. But the fact that we can still, so far at least at this point, stand up and say something and do something and act a certain way uh, is heartening to me. It's like, look, we can do something about this. Um, that makes me feel good. And, and I just hope that we don't lose hope. I hope that when you see something that really bothers you, when you see a change that needs to be made, I just hope that uh, we will continue to realize that in America, your voice still counts. And when this gun issue comes up this week, and it's going to come up, uh, when they do things that are not pleasing to you, write a letter. Uh, call your congressman. Go to bat for your rights. It will pay off. I'm convinced. All right, we got uh, 30 seconds. Time for a quick phone call. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I called one time to a business because I had a complaint about that business, and I said, I know I'm only one person. And the guy says, hey, for every one person who actually calls, there's at least 100 people out there that feel the exact same way. And he took my call seriously, and I'm saying that about Dixie. I'm for Dixie. Keep Dixie name. And I have not done anything to let that be known, but I'm one of those people that I would. I would say keep it. I I took the survey years ago, said keep the name. Anyway, there's a bunch of us out here. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Got to go. Time for news.